This is Authors in Focus. I'm James Reed, a fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Muratov. She's the author of Embrace of the Shade, Part 1 of the Berlian Key, Pantrasia Chronicles. How are you doing today, Amanda? I'm great. How are you, James? Oh, yeah, I'm doing just fine. It's, um, I guess it's Memorial Day. I work from home, so it, it just feels like any other day for me, but <laughs> I guess for everyone else so. out there, I hope you're doing your, oh, okay. You guys, uh, I mean, it is Victory Over Europe Day, so it's like a World War II thing, but no, nothing up there for it? Okay. Our holiday was last Monday. Oh, okay. I guess it's close. It's because it's not really today. It's just, you know, an event. It's just a convenient Monday so we can have a three day weekend, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I always like to start these things out with a uh, fun question or two. So um, are you a morning person or an evening person? I am more of a morning person now, but I'm pretty sure that is somewhat forced on me by my three year old. Otherwise, I kind of used to be more of an evening person. But I can't stay up late anymore since I have a 6 a.m. alarm clock that doesn't seem to go away. Wow, 6 a.m., that's that's rough. Yeah, it can be, but, I mean, this is parenthood. Uh, so I've heard that has not happened to me yet. So uh, <laughs> I hope it's working out, though. I hope you're uh, enjoying, you know, having your daughter and mother and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. My my son is a blast. And uh it's it's worth getting up early for, but it does make me cherish those few hours before bedtime that uh, I have all to myself. <laughs> well, uh, Amanda, how long have you uh, wanted to be an author? I never thought I would actually be an author. I was told in school that I should keep writing, and, and I did keep writing. I, I never stopped writing, but I always pursued other career paths, and, uh, you know, before I... I published my first book. I was actually working in the VFX industry as an artist. So the whole author thing kind of fell into my lap when I uh, went on maternity leave. And uh, then I didn't go back to my job because I just absolutely loved writing. Okay. So I've heard horror stories, the VFX industry, like doing special effects for movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I've heard like you can get just crazy deadlines and overworked and underpaid. <laughs> yeah, it can be like that at a lot of places. Um, I was very fortunate, and the company I worked for was actually very pro-family life work balance, and they were very nice to work for, and there wasn't much overtime, uh, which is very, very common in that industry. But uh, my company was really sweet, and they were very kind to me, especially while I was pregnant and uh, going through all of morning sickness and stuff. So, but I know some other studios would probably be a little less understanding. I'm sure it gave you some interesting experiences to to like add to your books, right? That's what that's what living is. Just stuff that you can use for your your writing. Of course. All right. So uh, let's talk about your writing. Your novel, Embrace of the Shade. So you have uh, Amari, Amari, Amaria. Amari. I said this name and you weren't close <laughs> to correct. Amari. Powerful yes. magic. But she'd rather, you know, trust to her sword. 
Uh, and she's also being hunted by the men who killed her father. It sounds like she's got a lot going on. Uh, let's talk about her and her story. Well, Emery is uh, a woman who, she had an unfortunate upbringing because her family was killed when she was quite young. And uh, she's uh, got some big secrets and some big abilities, but she doesn't know how to use them. So because her, her mother passed when she was so young, uh, no one was there to teach her. And so she has all this magic and all this potential, but uh, she never learned how to use it. And it terrifies her. So she that's why she uses her sword instead, because she trusts it, whereas her magic, you know, it's it's dangerous for uh, for others. And so she just doesn't touch it. Okay, well, that's a really good uh, character arc to throw on you, you know, give them power and then have them be, you know, afraid to use said power. Yeah. That's always leads to good stories. So, you know, what is her story about? So she's got this power. She's being hunted. You know, let's uh, let's talk about, you know, the details. Like, what's going on? Set the stage. Well, she is looking for answers. So she's she wants to know more about her power but she's not ready to just dive in and start using it Um, since some things have gone wrong in her past when she's done that and, you know, people have suffered and died and she is looking for a book because this book theorizes what could have happened to her power um, had it ended up in a person because originally the power that she holds wasn't wasn't in like a living human. And uh, so that's why she ends up at the library where she's at and she meets Ken there. And Ken kind of entwines himself into her story because he also needs to steal a book from the restricted section. So he kind of forces himself into her plans. And uh, he's he's a sordid character. He's, he's made some big mistakes and he's kind of our like an anti-hero because he's a morally gray character, but uh, she she's a bright light, even though she's definitely not like ethically perfect herself. But she is the light in Kin's story and kind of shows him that there's a different way that he could choose to live his life if he had the strength to do it. Okay, yeah, that's always a a good story arc. Yeah, you don't want so yeah, it sounds like you have a, a pretty good pairing of characters there. They're going to kind of bounce off each other. and uh, Yeah, yeah. And they, they struggle, too, because they're both not used to trusting others and, like, sharing their secrets. And so that kind of stays as a wedge between them for a while because they they don't know the truth of whether they can trust the other. And at the end of the day, they really, really shouldn't trust each other. So it gets quite complicated. Yeah, I, I imagine it can be quite complicated. So I did notice your cover is a little, little romancy. Is that, is that also a part of the story? The series is a romantic high fantasy. So it is, uh, mainly fantasy plot points, but, uh, the romantic subplot is, is quite strong through the entire series. So we kind of have a bit of everything, like the magic, the romance, the adventure. Um, our books are kind of like building the fantasy Avengers just with more romance and magic, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense, yes. Yeah, that's definitely I was just I was just curious because uh it's uh so it's kind of almost sounding like almost what they call it the um, like friends to enemy or enemies to friends like lover trope or whatever in romance sort of thing. Uh yeah, it's or, a bit it's a kind of like a lovers to enemies to lovers almost with them because they um 
they fall into each other really fast, but then they realize that they shouldn't be together. So then they're more on the enemy side of things. And then they, they have to try to find their way back to each other. Gotcha. What, what tempestuous maybe describe the relationship? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like, uh, sounds like there's a lot for the, those readers that like to blend those two genres. Cause I know there's a lot of, a lot of women that enjoy, you know, fantasy and romance. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, where did you kind of get this idea? So, of your heroine sort of like having this magic gift inside of her that should only be an item. So, where's sort of the the inspiration for this come from? Um, it actually, as strange as it sounds, it comes from itself. We, um, Kayla and I, we write the series. We actually met online when uh, we were twelve and thirteen years old, and we started. We both loved fantasy and we both loved writing and we started writing characters and stories and, you know, we, like Ken and Anne-Marie, were developed when I was probably 14 to 17 years old and we just, it just kept going. We'd written, you know, over a million words in the world of Pantrasia by the time we were 20 years old and so the stories, like, they really originated from us like we didn't have much life experience at that point we just we wanted to make a world uh, and we wanted to make an epic world so it kind of just evolved so these characters and, and not just Ken and Marie but the characters in these books they've all existed for you know 15 to 20 years depending on when we started writing you know about them specifically and then it wasn't until of course 2019 when we published the first book but the characters have existed for a very, very long time. So is this book, so is your book co-authored or is it like a shared universe? Um, it is co-authored. Uh, all of our books in Pantrisha are co-authored. We, Kayla and I, we, we sit on Skype or Discord and we have Google Docs open and we write at the same time. Usually one of us will kind of control one character while the other sort of controls the other and it makes dialogue and interactions very genuine because we're actually two people and while we can usually stick with the outline we still don't know what the other person is going to make their character say or how a conversation is going to go so it ends up making you know all of that very authentic because it is actually two people talking okay cool yeah that's uh, i know um uh, i know i'm um, another author she and her husband I've co-wrote some books, and they just, like, sit at the same laptop, like, trading off the keyboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. Because, like, I, I co-author stuff, but, like, I really, it's, like, I just get outlines, and then I do the bulk of the writing with maybe he writes a couple chapters. So it's, like, our very much, and then he just edits to make it, like, sound like a cohesive thing. Right, so It's yeah. a very different co-authorship uh, yeah, yeah. way of doing it, yeah, yeah. I like mine because I don't have to do any of the editing or rewrites. I just have to like send him the stuff and he has to follow it. That sounds like a good deal for you. Yeah, yeah, no, I just, uh, just, uh, but then I have to follow his outlines and they're, they can be, they're really crazy stuff. But like, yeah, I don't know. He's a, yes, I don't know. We just like kind of go where our strengths are. So like, and then they're mostly crazy fantasy action stuff. So that's kind of my strength on our duo. And then his strength is coming up with weird plots. Nice. That sounds like a good balance. So. You have this series. So, like, how many books have you guys, like, co-authored in this whole universe? Uh, we have ten books published currently. Um, we are working 
on book 12 right now. Book 11 is written, but not edited. And then we're working on book 12 and there will be a book 13 and that will kind of finish off the main series. Wow. That's uh. so you guys have been writing for what, like 15 years together. We've been writing together for 21 years. Um, we've been writing the books since 2018. All right. That sounds like, yeah, that's really great. (laughs) I don't think I've ever, like, had a friendship where I was stuck in contact with someone for that long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, we, and we didn't meet in person until I was 19 years old. So, you know, most of our our correspondence and our bonding took place purely over the Internet. I suspect I'm older than you because the Internet was a much more primitive thing where you didn't do a lot of, I don't know, connecting with people on the Internet. I guess you could chat with them, but I never got into, like, the weird chats and stuff. (laughs) Well, was the 90s. we started. Were weird. They were weird. They were weird. We we started actually in the text forums on Neopets when we first started writing, and then from there we moved on to uh, AOL Instant Messenger and forums and whatnot. But I'm 33. Okay. Yeah. I stand by my statement. <laughs> yeah. No. It was. Uh. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like I don't know. I fell away from all the friends I had in like high school. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't go to high school together, but... Oh, that's fair. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, I I don't think I'm I'm really friends with anybody I went to high school with either. Not anymore. Kayla Kayla and I, we we were just, we were online friends, and I didn't even meet her until after I graduated high school, like, in person. So, she's, she was from, I mean, when I first started talking to her, she was living in Utah, and then when I met her in person, she was living in California. And right now she's in Maryland, so we're geographically not that close. I'm in Vancouver, no. BC, so. No, that's, um, I could get that. Like, uh, I've met very few people I've met on the internet in real life, namely two of them. <laughs> One of them had to go all the way to Japan to meet. Oh, nice. But that was like just a bonus because I just was going to go to Japan. That's just where they lived. So that was a bonus. Oh, yay. That's awesome. The other, the other one came up to a convention that was, up by my place, so I went to the convention and met him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and um, then I guess everyone else I know on the internet doesn't live anywhere near me. That's usually the case for me, too. Usually when I meet people online, they live in the States. Yeah, like the nearest person I know online that lives to me is actually still in Canada. Because he's in Vancouver, so he's like only three hours from me. Oh, so you're just, what, in Washington? Yeah, I'm just south of Seattle. Oh, I was just in Seattle this weekend, so, but yeah, I'm up in the lower mainland of BC. Yeah, that area, yeah, so it's, you know, it's just not that far, but there was, I guess you can cross the border again, I forget that, like, Canada was really shut down tight for a while. Yeah, we were, we were, I had, I had, this was the first time I had crossed the border uh, since before COVID, but now it's, it's much easier now. Okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I know an author friend, he lives up in Canada, and, like, he would he would come down for conventions in Seattle, but then, you know, that didn't happen for a while. So maybe yeah. next time he'll come down. Yeah. So I think uh, they should, because I, I know one of the big conventions here actually opened up in April. Actually, it was, like, you know, in uh, in effect, right, here in Seattle. Yeah, I looked into doing some conventions down there, but... Uh... Canadians were not allowed to bring product down and sell it at a convention without getting in a lot of trouble. So I know, like, because, like, my roommate, he goes to conventions, right, for a living to sell. Like, that's his business. He has a yeah. store here. He also goes to conventions. 
And um, he'd like to go up into Canada and do a convention, but he would have to pay, like, tariffs on everything he brings across the border. Yeah. And then he would have to pay tariffs to the U.S. government on everything he brings back. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, never mind. I mean, but at least it's an option. Like, I, I'm not even allowed. I can't go down to the States and sell books. Like, they, the IRS Well, will. You know, he, he's got, like, <laughs> like you got to get, like, paperwork. He's got a, you know, he's got, I mean, he has a business. It's like a, you know, it's a business license. He's got a business license. He has to get, like, permits from, like, every state he goes to anyways, like, just to sell in that state, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, he also, he, and he deals with, like, used goods, so he has to have, like, a resale permit. Yeah, so there's all sorts of stuff he has to deal with. It's just not as simple. But, like, if you're just, like, but, like, I could just go to a convention and just, like, I, you know, as long as I have, like, a UBI and a business license, like, I could sell there. Then I just have to pretend to remember to pay the state taxes or whatever. <laughs> Gotta pay your taxes. Yeah, I don't know. They're so bad. They got, the states all got so, um, so paranoid here in the states because they're like realizing there's all this online business and they're not getting taxed for it. It's like they have to pay tax to everything. So, so annoying these days. It used to be like you could find a place that wasn't in your state and then you wouldn't have to pay taxes, but uh, not any longer. Oh, uh, oh. government's got to want to get their money somehow. Uh, and they got bad. They're like, so I have like a Patreon and like I have to like set like how much places can tax my patrons based off what they're getting from me. That sounds complicated. Yeah, because, like, and it depends on what it is and where they're at. So, like, you know, if there's goods, yeah, you got to be taxed, but, like, you know, but, like, if they're just, like, general support, not maybe they don't have to get taxed. And it's like, they're the ones who get taxed, not me, right? Yeah. I get taxed a different way on this money. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to, you know, file <clears throat> my taxes, but, oh, it's so complicated. So uh you have a uh, book 11 coming out soon is that what I'm hearing? Uh well we're actually planning on releasing the last three books in Pandresha pretty close together. So we're waiting until we have all three written and edited before we start publishing book 11, but we're still hoping that those three books will come out before the end of the year. Awesome. If we can write fast enough. <laughs> I believe in you. You can write fast enough. <laughs> well, um, if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can connect with you on the Internet, Amanda. Yeah, so all of our books are available on uh, Kindle, so Kindle Unlimited. Uh, the Pantracer Chronicles starts with Embrace of the Shade. And if you want a free novella, it's a prequel, and uh, you can get that at our website, which is pantracia.com. P-A-N-T-R-A-C-I-A dot com. If you just sign up for our newsletter, you can get a free download link for the prequel. Um, we are also on Facebook under Pantracia Chronicles, and we have a reader group that we just started. It's called um, The Rebel's Hearth. The Rebel's Hearth, I should say. And uh, you're welcome to come join and talk to us about what books you're reading, what books you like, and uh, and pick up a copy of Embrace of the Shade, and chat about it with us. We always love hearing from readers. Um, and we do have the first two books are available on audiobooks. I am the narrator myself, and uh, it's time-consuming, so I haven't finished book three yet, but they're coming. That it is. Well, it was really great talking with you, Amanda. Yeah, you too. All right. Well, you have yourself a great day. Thanks. You too. 
This has been Authors in Focus. You can find my fantasy novels on Amazon. Follow news of my writing at my blog, jmd-read.com, and follow me on Twitter at jmdread. You can also join my reader group on Facebook, Fantastical Worlds of the Imagination. You can find more episodes of the podcast at fantasy-focus.com and wherever your favorite podcast is hosted.